0: This is the Golf Life Faith podcast, brought to you by College Golf Fellowship. I'm Toby Ragland, one of your hosts. Another host is Jace Barber, and we are CGF staff members full time. We love serving the world of college golf, and this podcast is going to be conversations uh, with our PGA Tour partners, with CGF, and other partners in the world of golf. And we hope you learn a lot. Uh, We certainly will along the way. Hope you join us for the journey and learn all areas golf life and faith. Super excited this morning to have my boss uh, in College Golf Fellowship, Corky Kemp, with me again. He did uh, Kieran Vincent with me uh, last month. Uh, Corky, how's it going? It looks like you're at Ben Martin's house, so you're out on the road. How's it going?
1: It's great. Yeah, I kind of like the Clemson Orange here at Ben's house, and uh, super excited to have the Ford brothers on the call with us this morning. So can't wait.
0: Yeah, I love it. Uh, scoot over to the side just a little bit uh, so we can see Ben's uh, master's invite. Uh, no, the other way. Uh, but there it is. Yeah, and we'll get we'll give Ben a little shout out uh, on the podcast. Yeah, well, oh, love Ben Martin, but yeah, you 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 hinted at it. We've got David and Maxwell Ford on the call. Uh, David, Maxwell, how are you guys doing?
2: Doing good. Thank you guys for having us.
1: Yeah, chilling. Thank you. All right uh david and maxwell so excited uh, to be on the call with you boys um for the audience here we have uh, two of the top players in the country they're both on the haskins watch list uh, they play at unc chapel hill which is depending on the ranking one or two in the country and i uh, have a phenomenal team but i thought we'd kind of go back a little bit push rewind and just tell the audience kind of how you guys got, got into the game. Did your dad teach you? What was it like growing up there in Atlanta playing some golf?
2: Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, our dad played golf. Uh, I think he's lived in Atlanta for most of his life. Um, but he played golf in college and he got us into the game. Uh, probably when we were about seven or eight is when we went to the range for the first time. And then, uh, we really started gaining interest around, uh, 11 or 12. Uh, we played our first tournament when we were 11. Um, and yeah, I mean, it was, it was good just growing up with a, a a dad who plays golf and is good at golf. I think he, when he was 66, he shot 64. Um, and he's, he hasn't played much, uh, recently. So maybe that's a little bit, a lot, but, um, yeah, he's a, he was a good player. Uh, his golf swing is, is really good. So I think um, we inherited a lot of things that are good from the game of golf from him, so uh, I think we're both thankful that he got us into the game.
1: Okay, sweet. And you guys grew up at AAC, is that right? Yeah. That, yeah sweet right. junior golf program, par three, couple, couple
2: 18- eighteen. Yeah. We. Uh, uh, I was actually thinking about it the other day, like how fortunate we've been to grow up at AAC, um, like the just the amount of opportunities that are there. Um, with two golf courses and like an amazing practice facility and a part three course. Um, I think our, and then like the the other juniors around us and the, the coaches and um, just all the support that's there. I think it's like the really an ideal spot to grow up. And um, yeah, is we've been really blessed with
1: that. So David's left-handed Maxwell's right-handed. You guys have literally been looking at each other, hitting balls for what it's been 10 years now. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. How was it? I know a lot of, uh, sibling robberies, they can be good. They can be ugly. How was it for you guys getting into the teen years with uh, both being excellent golfers? Uh, I would say, uh,
2: it was, it was more ugly than good for the most part. Um, it was, we were both naturally very competitive. Um, yeah. so, um, that just, produced some disagreements and it felt like we were never on the same team um always just kind of like going up against each other um which I think it was good for our golf game um it was I mean it was usually good for one person that day but it uh <laughs> for the other guy it was uh not the most fun but yeah I think it definitely helped us like the the fact that we were so competitive and always wanted to beat the other one um yeah it's that was another another thing that both of us I feel like have been blessed with is like having somebody who's the same age and is interested in the same sport and um, is good at the same sport just to kind of push each other.
0: Mm-hmm. And was, was there uh, was there any time junior golf in like a, in a tournament where you guys were like going down the stretch battling to get a win that you guys can like could think of right now?
2: Yeah, um, I don't know if there's been more than one. I think of one. Um, it was August 2018, and it was an AJGA, and he had won two AJGAs as a junior all-star. He had already won two that summer, and I hadn't even won one. Uh, I was in the lead by like I don't know one or two going to the final round, and we were playing together. And he was in second or third going into the final round, um, so we played that those 18 holes together. And um, I don't know how many up I was. I ended up, but. I think coming down the stretch, it wasn't as tight um, as it was when we started. But I ended up I ended up winning, if that's worth anything. Nice. <laughs> I think it was like three. Really? Yeah. That's how I remember it, at least. I don't yep. think it was closer than three. Yeah. So it good. Felt like- <laughs> I'm
1: just kidding. That's a great one. I, had a, uh, I had a brother who was All-American at Wake, and I played at State, and just having that competition every day. It's so good. Now, that probably played into um, when you guys were making college decisions, if you were kind of at odds with each other, the idea wasn't you're going to be a package deal, you're going to go separate ways. So, Tell us how, Maxwell, originally you chose uh, Georgia, and then David, you chose UNC. And David, I remember meeting with you guys early on in your freshman year, and I'd ask you about your brother. I didn't know Maxwell at the time. And it, was, it was usually like, uh, Maxwell, just kind of like shaking your head. But things have changed now, but originally when you guys were picking colleges uh, was the idea that there's no way you're going to play with your brother or or what was the mindset?
2: Um, I think like going through the recruiting process, our goal and like the idea of recruiting for us was like, we, we wanted to choose the school that um, fit both of us best individually. Um, But it, um, if that, if that ended up being the same, then that's great. If it ended up being different, then that's great. Um, And then David ended up choosing UNC. Um, it ended up being like a month or so before I committed to Georgia. Um, so I think I, once he committed to UNC, I had to figure out whether or not I wanted to go with him or I wanted to go to Georgia. Um, and I think like, I knew David was the number one player in the country at that time. So going to UNC would, would do more of like what I had done in junior golf, which is be pushed by him. Um, and that would have been really good. But I think we, we didn't get along super well. Um I wouldn't say we were like friends. We were kind of just like in the same location a lot. Um so that that factored into it, but um yeah, I mean I I would say the decision to go to Georgia wasn't necessarily to like not play with David. It was more that like I I really liked what I saw at Georgia.
1: Mm-hmm. Nice. And what David would what you to to be a Tar Heel?
2: Yeah. Um I think the biggest thing was coach Dee Um he was there when I committed, he had probably been there for only, I don't know, three or four years as a head coach, uh, maybe even less. But um, UNC was the lowest ranked school, I think, out of all the ones I was looking at. Like, they, they were ranked the worst. Um, and they had uh, the least success historically as all the other schools. So it wasn't the, the success uh, of the past, I guess, golfers that drew me there. But it was more of, like, the passion that Coach DiBetetto had um and for me I wanted a coach that was going to help me on and off the course. Um I wanted someone that I could really connect with um and feel like I could go to about um anything that's going on. Um and he was that for me. Um and I think the trajectory of the program was really really high when I committed um and I knew that if we got a few more players um like I think Dylan Minetti transferred in um and then Max will come to UNC and it was kind of just like I knew the vision coach Di had. And I knew that he would. There would be no problem getting players um, because of the the guys we had on the team, and because of his love and passion for the game.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, you guys have been on just a uh, you know rocket, skyrocket to number one, which is amazing. Um, going back to what Maxwell just mentioned, David, you were the number one junior, and I remember you telling your story at the uh, the Webb Simpson Challenge. Just about at what point was it when you were like, you know what, I want to be number one junior in the world and then you kind of get after and accomplish it. Remind us what age did you think that and how'd you go about that mission?
2: It was probably the age that I, uh, that I, I guess, dreamt of that goal. Um, it's was probably pretty fuzzy as to when that was. I know very vividly thinking in March of 2020, like, I feel like I have the game to be the best player in the world, but I need to, like, I really need to go after it. Um, and then I guess in March 2020, Um, I lost two tournaments coming down the stretch. I finished double, double, double to lose by six for one of them. And then I shot 74, the final round, uh, and got sixth place in that one as well. Um, so it was, uh, it was, and then COVID hit, uh, the next day. So I was kind of had two months to think to myself and practice and, um, played a lot of golf during that time. And, um, I think really started working harder, um, and fell in love with the game more. And, um, yeah, I guess uh what is it September 2020 um I looked at <laughs> looked at the rankings AJGA rankings and um saw that I was number 1 and um we'll talk more more later about it but that's kind of when I realized that like oh number 1 ranking doesn't satisfy you um yeah. but yeah it came kind of quickly and um I was I was fortunate to get to that point but um the Lord did a work through that ranking more so than I thought
1: yeah for sure well, let's get into the um kind of transitioning into college days I know David, I think I first met you at the ACC tournament and you were a commit to UNC, but you were injured at the time. And I know you kind of, you know, you said the Lord really worked a lot through that injury and through being ranked number one, but kind of tell us what happened with, um, with your health and then kind of what was the progression there as far as your, your thoughts and your faith. Yeah.
2: So from September, 2020, like I was talking about, uh, back when I was, uh, first found out that I was ranked number one, uh, it was five months later, um, randomly, like just started having back pain. Um, and it was, so it was February of 2021, um, got a bunch of diagnoses the next three months, didn't touch a club for three months. Um, so it was like mid May, uh, when I finally touched a club again, but basically I had two bulging discs in my back, four inflamed facet joints in my back, two torn labrums in my hips, and then two inflamed SI joints in my back. So, um, it was like a bunch of different causes and I couldn't figure out what it was. Um, but during that time, um, I had to, I couldn't rely on my golf anymore for the first time in my life. Um, so I had to, uh, I had a little bit of a knowledge of the Bible. Um, so I was, I was like, oh, I'll read the Bible more. Um, and it wasn't that time immediately that I, uh, started to have a personal relationship with Jesus, but the Lord was working in my heart through that, um, and continued to show me that, uh, my body is going to fade away. Um, and it's going to be, I can't always maintain a per- perfect health in this world. Um, and, and same with golf. So he kind of continued to work in my, in my heart and in my life through that injury. Um, and it was hard. There were many times where it was, um, really difficult, but I say I was, I was growing a lot, uh, by the grace of God in that time.
1: Yeah, for sure. And then you get to Carolina. I know at the, um, at the alumni fundraiser for UNC, they have all the players come up and, Say who they are, where they're from, what they're majoring in. And as a freshman, uh, this kid from Atlanta gets up there and says, "My name's David Ford, and I came here to major in national championships." And yeah, and that's how it started right there. But has that been your goal from day one at UNC, or is that serious? Hit yeah. it when you say that, or what's, your, what's what's your thought there?
2: Yeah, it has been. I remember getting here freshman year, and Gerard Ryan Gerard, a great player.
1: I think he's on Corn
2: Fairy or PGA Tour right now. Um, he was the fifth year when I got here, and uh, we had, I don't think, Austin Greaser, Ryan Burnett, Peter Fountain, myself, uh, and Ryan Girard. Um And it was a, a really good starting five, and I said, like, in my head, like, this is our year. Like, we have to win the national championship because Gerard's graduating. Um, Gerard graduates. We get a transfer who's ranked sixth in the world, Dil Minetti, uh, for my sophomore year. And I remember thinking, all right, like <laughs> – we have Dylan Minetti, Peter Fountain, Ryan Burnett, myself, and Austin Greaser, um, and a bunch of other guys who are also fighting to get in the lineup who are great players. And I thought, like, all right, this like this has to be the year. Um, and then fast forward, we get eliminated. Last, this was last year. get eliminated in the semifinals uh, to Georgia Tech. And then um, my brother transfers. And <laughs> Ryan Burnett graduates, my brother transfers. Um, and it seems like... Our team uh, has gotten a lot better, um, and there's, a, there's another feeling of this is our year, and this has to be our year to win a national championship. Um, and I think we all have that goal, um, and we have a lot of dudes on our team um, who want to lift the name of Jesus high. And I think winning a national championship, uh, if the Lord blesses it, um, is a great way to do that. And um, I'm excited to see, I guess, how we can perform this spring. Um, but I know the work that the guys have put in and I think we're just going to have a lot of fun, um, chasing that
1: goal Mm -hmm, for sure. And then Maxwell, you were at Georgia for a couple of years. Coach Hack has a phenomenal program. There so many guys on tour. Um, but tell us about kind of, you know, moving closer to your brother, going to, going to UNC, what were the factors in that equation and, um, kind of your experience, your first, you know, semester, first year there at Carolina. Yeah.
2: Um, yeah. So, um, I think if you had, like, if you had told me sometime in the spring at Georgia, like that this past spring that I would transfer, I'd be like, that's, that's crazy. Like that's, I just, I wouldn't have thought it was like a possibility. Um, but, uh, then fast forward and here we are. Um, but yeah, it was, uh, it was definitely a, a really hard thing to do. Um, like probably one of the, the, hardest conversations I've had with uh, my coaches and then um, a few of my teammates too. Um, just like a big step that I wasn't really sure if it was the right thing to do. Cause there's, there's a lot of uncertainty with like, where, where am I going to go? Is the, um, am I even going to transfer somewhere? Is the scholarship there? Does it make sense? Is there like raw, ro- is there raw ro- other roster spots? Um, so it was just kind of some unknown. Um, and then I, I got in the portal and, um, kind of started talking to i really I, i'd say i really knew i i or i guess i found out pretty quick that i either wanted to go to carolina or i wanted to go back to georgia um and i don't know if my um i don't know if i would have been able to go back to georgia i would hope so but um yeah i ended up talking to um to coach d some and um just kind of like picked his brain and heard kind of the the vision that he had for the program and um as well as like David and some of the guys. Um, and it just, it seemed like there was a um, golf wise, there was a lot, a lot of good um, and a lot of guys who really, really wanted to get better. Um, and obviously the team is really good. Um, so yeah, I would say I, I, I committed in the summer and then um, I was, I was pretty confident that I was going to enjoy it because I knew how much David enjoyed it. But then when I got here, um, it was just kind of like, blew my expectations away. Um, and I wouldn't say it was necessarily the school. I would say it's like more of the Lord, um, blowing my expectations away just with, I would say, especially community. Um, and like, um, just the, some of the relationships that, um, were formed without like me actively seeking them out. Um, just kind of felt like people were, um, like brought along, um, without my, um, like without me even realizing it, um, that ended up being like great Christian community. Um, and yeah, I think the, the thing that's been, um, like really evident since I've been at UNC is like the the presence of the Lord has been at work in my life. Um, and it's been just like such
1: a sweet time. Mm -hmm. Yes. It's, you know what the Carolina team right now, I feel like I've done ministry with CjF for almost 20 years and they're probably the most spiritually mature team as a whole you know, that I've ever dealt with. And you guys just show up at Chipotle, just hungry for the word of God. And it's honestly, it's been, it's hungry
0: been burritos, baby.
1: <laughs> it's have a, uh, you know, a, a firsthand view of just honestly, how the Lord's done a great work in both of your guys' lives and, and how much of you guys, you guys have grown. And uh, even, I think for a lot of our viewers, I feel like, you know, um, you kind of perspective and your practice with um you know dating relationships has totally changed in the last couple of years mm-hmm. and i'd love for you guys to share just a little bit about what do you feel like the lord's taught you in regards to um, what you're looking for in a female and how to go about dating and, and you know that whole huge part of life for college guys
2: actually you want to go first and then i'll i'll throw some thoughts in at the end
1: yeah <laughs> yeah i can uh i can see what
2: see where this takes me um yeah i uh I would say this past summer, um, I had it was kind of right around the same time um, that I committed to Carolina. Um, I had a, a relationship that ended that was pretty long term, um, like the first first real relationship that I'd had. Um, so um, that ended, and um, I feel like I I just kind of knew I was at a very vulnerable point in my life where, like, whatever I did in that time would probably have like a, a pretty big impact on where the next of my life went. So, um, I actually remember like talking to Corky pretty, um, like a good bit in that time. Um, and he was like, you were really helpful Corky and just like pointing me to Jesus. Um, and then some other people too, that were just like really helpful. But, um, I'd say that was, that was really the time where, um, the Lord captured my heart was, um, like right after that ended. Um, he just like, it was, I just was able to see for the first time in my life, like truly who Jesus was. And like the fact that I didn't need to bring anything, just like surrender to him. Um, Mm -hmm. and then, um, I entered into like a, I was very, very committed to like pursuing the Lord, um, and like pursuing singleness. Um, and I didn't know how long it would be, but I was, um, like sure it would be for a, 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 a pretty uh decent amount of time or like there needed to be some serious growth in that time um spiritually so um yeah i had had uh that in mind and then um i felt like the lord did an amazing work like in my singleness and um i think he he like helped me and showed me who he was like a lot quicker than i would have ever imagined and like more deeply than i would have ever imagined um, and then I met this girl, um, like second week of school and I met her and I, I only told a few people because I didn't, I didn't want it to skew my, um, like my vision of, of what I was, um, like seeing in singleness. Cause I knew how amazing it was, but I met this girl and I was like, she seems like she's incredible. Um, and, um, it took like, I'd say it took like a month and a half of kind of, um, seeing where I was at spiritually and like if I was ready for a relationship and I think the um one thing that that really helped is I um I feel like because I, I I was able to see like what a relationship can do if it's not completely surrendered to the Lord um I wanted I I really really wanted to like make it um to do it the Lord's way this time or like the next time um and yeah, I uh I ended up starting to to date her. Um and i I talked to some people and I was very sure like when I started to date her that it was the right thing to do. Um and it's been like three months officially now, um, and it's been amazing. Um I feel like it's it's been a um a huge part of my life. Um and I it's been a huge part of my life and I think if if, if you had told me this may not make sense, if you had told me um a little while ago that it could be a huge part of my life and not be an idol and but still be just incredible and pull me closer to Jesus while also pulling me closer to, um, this person that I'm dating. Um, then like, I would be like, that's probably like not possible for me. Like that's crazy. But I feel like that's just a Testament to like what the Lord can do if we're surrendered to him. Um, mm-hmm. and it, uh, it hasn't been perfect. It's, uh, like it's still like two broken people mm-hmm. dating. Um, but it has been like just so sweet and so, um, just felt like jesus is is both of our number one priorities um and it's just been been really really good
0: oh maxwell there's that's so good like there's so much in there i just want to clip that and send that to a lot of guys um the two things i want to pull out of that that you just said is you brought others into that decision which that's so mature and that's not something that we just by default do you brought others into that decision and not just one person, like you went to numerous people and you brought them in and you were patient and like intentional during that time. Uh, you waited, you saw the Lord, uh, you waited for his timing. You brought others in, in the midst of that. And then you came to a decision and you're seeing fruit now. Uh, and I think all of those things equal like the fruit you're seeing now. Um, and like you said, it doesn't matter who it is. Like you're both going to be centers. Sinners are good at one thing, and that's sinning. And until we fully surrender, um, it's just it's it's harder to navigate that. So thanks for sharing that. But like if you're listening to this, when you're navigating really any decision in your in your life, but especially relationships, bring other people into it and be patient about the decision you make because it's the second biggest decision you're going to make in your life. So that's that's so cool to hear, David. What yeah, you got?
2: I want to add one. One thing uh, I think like it's something that I I still see in our relationship is like dating in community is very important. Um, And like having other people who know me very well, like, and are able to speak into the relationship, like to do that. Um, And then also like, I think um, one thing that's really, really helped me in, in in our relationship um, is like, Uh, well, two things, one, like not leaning on my own understanding at all. Um, and like seeing what the word of God says, um, Corky is really good at, at doing that. Um, like if you ask him a question, he's, he's going to be like, okay, what, what does the word of God say? Um, which I think is, is very helpful. Um, and then also like, um, understanding that if I'm in this relationship and I'm trying to serve myself and, and, and I'm trying to like feed my own desires then it's it's just going to be a dumpster fire um so like reading philippians 2 5 through 11 of like how how jesus um has laid his life down for us and like how he has served and humbled himself um is like just a picture that i think is very healthy um in a relationship because if you have two people who are um like each, each of them is um, counting the other one as more significant than themselves. Then you have like a, a beautiful thing that happens um, where you can, you can just have a, a really healthy thing with a lot of um, a lot of Jesus in it.
1: Mm-hmm. Maxwell, that's awesome. And Jason, Jace, Jace and I see this all the time where you get a guy that starts to put the Lord first in his life and put the Lord first in his dating relationship. And we'll get phone calls be like, Hey, I've been seeing this girl three or four months literally haven't touched her you know no physical aspect but it's been the best relationship i've ever had and mm-hmm. I'm, you know, it's amazing how when we kind of do mm-hmm. things how god yes it just goes better yeah mm-hmm. a great verse that came to mind as you were just talking there Maxwell, was first peter five um uh first peter five six says likewise you who are younger uh, be subject to the elders, clothe yourselves, all of you, with humility toward one another, for God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. And just the idea of like like Jason's talking about inviting inviting other people in, putting the Lord first, and then going from there. So mm-hmm. um yeah, David, um how you feel like the Lord's worked on your mindset with um dating relationships and whatnot.
2: Yeah, yeah I feel like um I feel like it's something that the Lord's uh <laughs> I've taken a long time to surrender to the Lord. Um, I feel like he's wanted my heart uh, in this part of my life um, for a long time. And it's been, it's been difficult for me to surrender at times. Um, but one thing I'll say about Maxwell that I think is, it, it applies to me as well is um, like when you're in a season of singleness, uh, like I was, I was in the I, Maxwell and I, I, had relationships that ended at a similar time this past summer Um, But when I was in that season of singleness, I think one thing um, that I learned from Maxwell looking back is um, when you seek the Lord with all your heart um, and when you literally have nothing to bring and you just say, Lord, here's my humble, broken, but willing heart, um, that's when the Lord can really move and grow your heart. Um, And I think um, by the grace of God, the last like two months, two or three months, um, it's been a time where he's called me to just like, all right put the girls aside. Like I understand that like in, in my heart there's, there's things that wants to seek girls, um, even like, like amazing, amazing women of God. Um, but if I'm not ready for them and I can't lead them well, um, then there's, there's no point in me pursuing them. Um, and the Lord's kind of taking some time to show me that. But, um, I do feel like, um, when you seek him and seek him alone and not seek a relationship, uh, like, it's not a Jesus plus like you seek Jesus and like all these things are added to you. Um, and like, you can't just seek the things and then hope to get Jesus along the way. So he showed me that, um, that like, if he's not Lord over every part of my heart, um, then some things are going to be a dumpster fire. Like Maxwell said, and I'd say, uh, my, my relationships uh, in the past, not from the other people, but from myself leading poorly, um, and not allowing the Lord to work in those parts of my relationships, um, that's caused some of them to be more difficult than they should have been. Um, so all that Maxwell said and what, what I, I think what the Lord has shown me um, is like the Lord isn't coming to to rip you off from dating relationships and pursuing, uh, pursuing girls, but um, He's come to set you free to pursue them more freely and unto him. Um, and a relationship with him is a relationship with a perfect God is always going to be way better than it is uh, with someone who's sinful by nature. So, um, yeah, I think just, just following Jesus has been the the main goal of my, of my heart, um, just in relationships. Um, and he's really shown me a lot through that.
1: Yeah. I, yeah. I just, are you guys, I mean, you, you're raised in the faith at some level and then the last couple of years, you know, take ownership of your faith and just the priority that you guys have on the word of God and, I think I was talking to one of the coaches but I mean you got you guys are driving to a tournament turn you know morning of uh reading the bible on the way to the course and then you walk out and you're talking about scripture and that's almost unheard of for college golf teams right so where mm-hmm. does that kind of like thirst appetite what's the you know what are the thoughts as far as like why would you guys place such a high priority on reading scripture and why do you know david you're always like i've got 10 minutes i can read the word of god you know here and here and here just like not many college guys are like that but kind of tell us your you know your thoughts there um yeah
2: i can i have a lot of stuff running through my head so i don't know how clear it's going to come out but um i think that the first thing that comes to mind is just like thinking about the times in my life um that have been amazing and that have been like so peaceful are the times where I've felt the closest to the Lord.
0: Um, Mm -hmm.
2: and it can look differently, um, like how, how that happens. But I think that, um, the the thing that I think about sometimes is, um, like if, if that's true and if, um, like the times in my life that I feel the best are when they're with the Lord, then why would I not like run after the Lord as hard as I can? Um, and I, I think it's like, somebody was telling me the other day, there's, there's nothing, there's nothing harder than being a lukewarm Christian. Um, and I think that was really true in my life for a while. It's like, I, it's just like you're, you're, you're being pulled in two different directions. Um, and it stinks. Like it's, it's not, it's not any fun. And it's like, um, and it's, it's certainly by no means perfect. Like I still struggle. And like, um, I mean, I, there are days that just, I, I, I don't feel like I'm, I'm, um, near to the Lord. But, um, I think one thing that, that the Lord has helped me in is, um, just like running after him no matter what. Um, and like, I, I just have a sort of a a picture in my head of like, um, it's, I think Philippians two, 12 and 13 says like to work out our salvation with fear and trembling. Um, meaning like understand or, and like, um, Come to see the gifts of our salvation with fear and trembling then it says for it is god who works in you both to will and to work for his good pleasure so mm-hmm. the idea of like running towards jesus as hard as i can but understanding that it is not me who like i'm not the one who's providing that like the lord is working in me to um to get me to that that place where i'm with him um so it's like in that that just um, brings to mind like the, the grace of God. And like the fact that like, even the, the things that we do that we think are good are really, um, they're just evidence of him working in us. Um, and it's like, it's not ourselves and that's actually like beautiful. Um, so yeah, those, those are my thoughts. I don't know how, uh, <laughs> how clear that was, but that's, that's what I was thinking.
0: That's good. And I mean, that's even a, it's a picture of, Jesus in John 6, when he says, you know, I'm the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger, and whoever believes in me shall never thirst. Like, that's what you're doing is you're feeding yourself every day. Um, and you William Kane, I'm sure you guys have maybe heard him say it, and I've probably mentioned it on this podcast before, but why do we read God's word every day? It's the same thing as eating breakfast or lunch. Like, when I look back two months ago, and you say, what did you have two months ago for lunch? Like, I could not tell you. But I know that it was good for me. And how much more so uh, does the word of God have that same level of priority and need? Um, And it's funny, though, because as you grow in that and you guys are seeing this, and I'm sure, David, when you when you talk about this in coming moments, as you grow in it, you see more benefit. You see more joy. You see more excitement. And you just the more you do it, the more you love it Um, and the more you see your need for it. And it's not like I'm just going to do this so I can keep my streak of 240 days. It's like I need it the same way I have to eat lunch today, in the same way I have to sleep. Um, and that's a picture of what you just talked about. So, David, what are your thoughts on that as well? Yeah,
2: I think uh, I think everything that Maxwell said is is really good. Um, Psalm 63. We had a worship night last night, and um, one of the leaders read Psalm 63 uh, before we started singing. And there's a there's two verses. Uh, and that are, I feel like are really good for this. Um, Psalm 63, one says, Oh God, you are my God. Earnestly, I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh faints for you as in a dry and weary land where there is no water. And then uh, verse five, my soul will be satisfied as with fat and ri- and with rich food and my mouth will praise you with joyful lips. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think about, Jace, as you were talking, like, um, I feel like the Lord was telling me like you can, you can eat, Like you have the choice to eat what you want. Um, And like, for me, like if I want to go eat some Instagram, like that's some, that's some empty food. Like that's not going to fill me up. Um, And it's um, whenever I try to um, shift my attention and um, pursue and seek the world, um, it always leaves me empty. Um, And I think the Lord has given us his His word um, and we can communicate with him and talk to him. And it's, it's so much better than, uh, watching a TikTok or looking at Instagram, which I am the most guilty of. Mm -hmm. Um, but by the grace of God, like when he's allowed me to just like, just like you said, in John six, just feast on him, like literally just, just look at the word and shift my attention to him and him alone. Um, it's crazy how satisfying that is. Um, and, and I think feelings are, are useful, but like, they're not truth. So, um, a lot. Of, like I remember, um, a few a few weeks ago, the Lord was calling me to just seek Him for a few hours, and I wanted to go practice, but um, I didn't feel like seeking Him. Um, but by His grace, um, I decided to sit in my room for a few hours and just seek Him. And I remember after that time, like my life could be in shambles, like my life could be going every direction, but um, because I had Him there, like because I, I felt I I reminded my my heart. And he reminded me so well that like he's near to us, like um, I was so satisfied. Um, in Psalm sixty three, I think it can sum up the the way that our world works um, is like we're we're thirsty for something, and when we try to fill it with things that aren't Jesus, then uh, it leads to emptiness. So I've seen that a lot in my life, and um, through ways that I've fallen short in that, he showed me how much better it is to just seek him.
0: Hmm. Yeah. And I mean, and that's one thing on this podcast that we don't shy away from. And just with CGF is like scrolling TikTok is temporarily fun. Scrolling on uh, Instagram is it it gives you a hit. It's like, oh, this is kind of fun, but it's so fleeting. And one of the descriptions, I never thought I'd share this on the podcast, but a description you can use is it's chocolate covered crap. So (laughs) it's chocolate. It looks like chocolate. It looks nice. You take a little bite and you it's chocolatey, and then boom, you're in the crap. And that's exactly what these fleeting sins and fleeting pleasures of life are, is they look good. And for a split second, like we're not going to deny that sin is pleasurable. The Bible doesn't. It says that uh, Abraham chose to suffer with remote I'm blanking, it's in Hebrews 11, uh, but he chose to suffer the people of God rather than partake in the fleeting pleasures of sin. Um, it's a pleasure, but it's fleeting. Um, and like you said, if we go to God's word and we live in God's word, um, then we're going to have fulfillment. We're going to be filled. Like our hunger is going to be quenched. And the same with our thirst. Um, and it's only found in Jesus. It's good. Yeah. What yeah. you fact,
1: got? The fact that you guys have tasted and seen that the Lord is good. And, uh, you know, with the college guys, a lot of times I'll say, you know, if you guys get a text message from, Rory McIlroy, you're going to let that sit there for a week. You're going to read that thing right away. Like, I'm going to open that up and read it. Right. And the fact that literally God has sent us a text message and most of us are just going to let that sit there. It's like, no, you got to open that baby up. So I, I kind of, uh, would love for you guys to talk about your heart, um, for others and how you started the Thursday night call about a year ago. And just kind of how you feel like potentially, you know, the Lord might use you in the positions that you're in to, um, you know, to show the love of Christ to others and to advance the kingdom. So kind of what was the, what was the heart behind starting a Thursday night zoom uh, for a bunch of college guys and high school guys? You want to go for it, David? Yeah.
2: Uh, So we have a friend, Ben Powell, uh, shout out BP. He's caddy for me in two U.S. Amateurs uh, last year, or I guess 2022, 2023. Um, And uh, back in January, 2023, Um, BP came to Maxwell and I and said, yo, do you guys want to start a Bible study? Like, we'll do it on zoom. We'll start next week. Um, we'll see how many, like if anyone can come. Um, and it was a time when I think, um, for whatever reason, Instagram was popping. Um, and so BP started an Instagram account for the Bible study. Um, and it, it kind of took off a lot quicker than we thought. Um, and then the first week, uh, it was like January 12th, I think, 2023, we had 65 people join the Zoom call. It's uh, Corky's Zoom link, so shout out Corky as well. Um, but yeah, it was, it was really sweet just to sit with people for two and a half hours that night um, and just, just be with Jesus um, and, and hear about what the Lord has done in their life. And uh, we kept it going for every week for the last, I don't even know, 13 months now. Um, and the community that the Lord has built up has been amazing. And it's been nothing that Maxwell and I can do on our own or, or BP. And then we also have another dude named, uh, named Dax. Um, and Dax is amazing. Uh, but it's nothing that we can do on our own. Um, it's literally just the grace of God working in sinful humans. Um, and us coming together and say, okay, like we want to talk about Jesus for this hour. Um, it's every Thursday on zoom, uh, from 8 PM to 9 PM Eastern time. And, the Instagram is called College Faith Family. The link is in the bio. Um, I'm just, I'm just sharing the pie. <laughs> sharing the, shout it out one time. Uh, course. Uh, no, but um, seriously, like the community that the Lord has built is pretty insane. Um, we created a, we have a lot of people who are gifted in coordinating things. So BP is is great at bringing people together. Uh, a girl named Carly Locke who does our social media is so good uh, at at posting graphics for us and just getting like bringing people together um, Dax Isbell has the gift of teaching. Um, and then I feel like the Lord has blessed Maxwell and I, um, to, to reach people in the golf world. And I think it's been cool to see how we've all, all four of us, me, Dax, Maxwell, and BP, um, just by the grace of God, have been able to, to share some of Jesus with other people and allow them to share with us. So it's a sweet time, uh, just coming together and talking about Jesus. And that's all, that's all we have to bring. Um, a heart that wants to talk about Jesus. And, um, he's faithful to, to do that.
1: Hmm. Yeah, Jesus Follow me. I'll make you fishers of man. And I love what you guys are doing with the Thursday night call. How about for the, uh, for the current college golfer, how do you guys integrate your, uh, your faith and then trying to be the best golfer in the world, best team in the world and your competitive nature for a lot of guys, that's a tough, a tough deal. But how have you guys kind of grown in that area by God's grace?
2: Yeah. Um, I think, I, I think of a verse, um, in Matthew six, Matthew six thirty three, um, says, says one moment, please seek first, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. Um, and I think for me, um, it, it, it just comes down to putting Jesus on the throne. Um, I think I, in in my life, I, I don't think about golf too much. Um, maybe sometimes to my golf games detriment, but I don't, I don't think, um, I I think if I, because golf has been an idol in the past, it's something that I can um, make an idol pretty quickly. So, um, just keeping my eyes on Jesus is honestly, I feel like the, the answer to everything. Um, and then also, um, a verse, um, in Colossians, I think it's Colossians 3, 23, like something like, um, work hard unto the Lord, um, as working for him and not for human masters. Um, so like taking the gifts that, that God has given me in, in the game of golf and using them all for his glory, um, and, and not at all for, um, any glory of my own. Um, and the Lord is good at reminding me that like, I'm not made to carry the, the burden of, um, having my own glory. Um, so like, uh, I think understanding that I'm, I'm not meant to, to carry that, um, is something that's really helpful. Um, and it, it, just, I think we're designed as humans to like make the the name of Jesus big and make ourselves small. Um, and it just like Corky was saying earlier, like the word of God, like it just, it's true. And like, it, it, it's what's best for us. So, um yeah, keeping that in mind. Um, I think at all times is something that, that the Lord's helped me in.
1: Max, we'll revisit the interview we did right after you guys won it, at um AAC, the East Lake Cup, mm-hmm. and kinda you know, yeah. I guess through that because I thought that was such a great comment.
2: Yeah, I'll see if I can kind of remember the whole story. Um basically the um we had a tournament called the East Lake Cup in the in the fall. And it was at David and I's home course, um, and there were just a bunch of friends and family there. And um, it was on TV, and it was match play, so it was really intense and a lot of fun. Um, and my both of the matches I played in match play went down to like the last the last hole, and one of them went extra holes. Um, so it was just kind of like a, a week where it was like everything was, and we won the uh, our team ended up winning. Um, so just kind of a week where like if there if there was ever a week to like fill me or if there was ever a week where golf was perfect then this was the week and then after i just remember kind of like realizing that um it's like it's not enough and it's something that um like if if you're a christian it's something you've probably heard before it's like um especially in in the golf world and if you're associated with with cgf like you can have everything in the world, but it's, it's not enough. Um, like what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world, but forfeits his soul? Um, and I think it was something that kind of was like, dang, like this kind of stinks. Like it's not, it's not enough, but I think it was really encouraging right after that. Cause I was like, dang, like the, the word of God is so true. Like it, it really is like, like it's not enough. And like the only thing that will really satisfy me is, um, not like a relationship with people. It's not like, golf or um good grades or like anything it's just like jesus is the only thing that that is meant to satisfy me and he's the only one that can satisfy me um so i was just like a really a really cool week it was i mean i enjoyed it a lot it was a lot of fun but um understanding that it's not ultimate um and that jesus is king
1: love it how about you with mindset and your faith
2: yeah uh maxwell just Quoted Luke 9, uh, 25, and I was reading Luke 9, 23 and 24 this morning um, and kind of studying those passages. And I I feel like the Lord gave me a thought of like, when you ask the question about golf, um, I feel like in my heart, sometimes I want to put golf as like a separate entity from faith. And I want to be like, all right, Jesus, I'm going to follow you hard. Like, I'm going to follow you really hard in the mornings and at worship nights and at night, and I'm going to seek you. And then sometimes in my heart, um because golf has been an idol for me in the past. It's like, all right, but you can't touch my golf. like I'm gonna go out and play golf and I'm gonna do this uh, how I know how to do this. And um, I feel like the Lord has been tearing down that uh, throughout the last uh, almost two years now, I'd say. And um, there's a verse that I always fall back on, um, but it relates to, I think luke nine twenty three and twenty five where uh, Jesus talks about denying yourself, um, and taking up your cross and following him. Um, and if you want to save your life, you must lose it. Uh, because uh, if you try to hold on to your life, basically uh, you're going to lose it. So yeah. Um, the verse is Acts 20:24, 20, And it says, Paul says, uh, but I do not account my life of any value, nor as precious to myself. If only I may finish my course in the ministry that I received from the Lord Jesus to testify to the gospel of the grace of God. And, Um sometimes it doesn't feel like this is a golf verse, but um I feel like the Lord's done a work in my heart to use it as a golf verse and to be like he's he's communicated through this verse of like, all right, when I have this heart posture that Paul had of like this life that I'm living, like is not as important as my citizenship being in heaven. And like because this life is no longer important, like for myself to lift my name, I'm gonna lift the name of Jesus like as high as I possibly can on earth. And Paul, one of the most effective ministers of all time, uh, did that so well while he was in prison. Um, and it was like, How much more can I do that while I'm in a, a green pasture on a golf course? Um and I think uh inviting the Lord into that mindset of like, all right, my life, like because Jesus has saved my life, like I can lose it. Um and I don't have to hold on to it. And um it's like out of that, out of that heart posture. I've seen the Lord do a work to give me freedom and peace on the golf course when I didn't have it before. Um, And it's not like, all right, Lord, like if I seek you, I'm going to get freedom and peace to play golf. Well, it's like, I'm going to seek the Lord, like see where he wants me at this moment. And like, there are times when I don't have as much freedom and peace as I want to. Um, But like when you seek him honestly and say, Lord, like I I want, I want you in this moment on the golf course more than I want me. um, It's just been cool to see, uh, testimonies and hear testimonies um, in my life of how he's really been faithful to do that and to show me, like, man, like his way is so much better in every part of life.
1: Yeah, I remember being at the ACC tournament, David, and you come up to me like, "Hey, man, I'm trying to think of this verse. Can you help me out?" And you're just nonchalant. Philippians 3:20. Yeah, go hit your shot. I mean, you do your best unto the Lord, but then, like, literally, I'm like, his mind is on the Lord, and it's just crazy. <laughs> so
0: yeah and just like all um, of that kind of wrapping up you know I think about ecclesiastes the book of ecclesiastes and solomon you know really doing the grunt work and the hard work for us uh to go and chase the meaning of life and your know, verse 13 verse verse 13 at the end of ecclesiastes he kind of wraps it up and he says the end of the matter all has been heard fear god and keep his commandments for this is the whole duty of man and yeah, that's. I mean, we can talk about that with golf. We can talk about that with business, with family, uh, all areas of life. You know, you you can chase your meaning in those things, but as we've talked about over and over again, uh, you're going to come to a point and realize it's not enough. Like Maxwell said, and that doesn't mean that it doesn't matter. That doesn't mean that golf doesn't matter. That doesn't mean that family doesn't matter. That your work doesn't matter. It just means you approach it in a new way um and david gibson in his book living life backwards says uh when you walk with god you realize that life is not gain it's a gift and when you view it that way it changes everything um so any final thoughts cork before we get to a few rapid fires
1: oh yeah i think these guys have done a great job i mean just the fact i think in the last couple of years like we mentioned you know the fact that these guys have realized uh, just their need for a savior you know the fact that we're all sinners we can't save ourselves jesus solves our biggest problem and that they've you know kind of somewhat gone all in almost like a poker you know poker game just all the chips in and just the the work that god can do when guys do that i think is a great testimony great encouragement for a lot of the college guys listening here of just like check it out it's worth it like if you're putting your hope in your girl your golf game your money it's not going to fulfill you uh we're all sinners in need of a savior And then just go all in and have no regrets, you know, live life freely. It's a great picture. Yeah. Jason. Yeah.
0: So we've got some rapid fire questions. Uh, We'll just kind of go back and forth. Uh, We'll start with David and then Maxwell and then Maxwell, David. We'll go like that. Uh, So David favorite meal of the day. Dinner. Dinner. Maxwell.
2: Uh, Breakfast today. I I found out a new, uh, can I, am I allowed to give more, uh, Am I allowed yep. to elaborate?
0: Yeah, you can elaborate.
2: I looked up a way to cook uh, over easy and over medium eggs without flipping them. And it was amazing this morning. <laughs> nice. The breakfast probably.
0: <laughs> All right. Uh, David, what's your uh, what's your favorite dinner? Like if you just could grow it up right now.
2: Chicken, rice, and broccoli. Like a pound of chicken, half a cup of rice, and some broccoli.
0: That's so good. All right. Uh, Maxwell, favorite college golf memory thus far? oh
2: i don't it's it's probably something like it's probably like something at dinner or something honestly Perfect.
0: yeah what is it <laughs> no i don't know if i can think of one
2: like the one that comes to mind is uh at uh olympia fields this year it was keenan Poole's birthday and they brought it or no no it was mine. it was mine and david's birthday they brought us a cake and then Keenan had some cake. I think that's how the story goes. And Dylan Minetti was just losing it. I mean, he was just laughing so hard. So that's just, that's something that comes to mind. That was hilarious.
0: You got any come to mind, David? Yeah. This past
2: weekend Ho- or a few weeks ago in Hawaii, we were at Costco and we bought uh, food for a whole week, which was uh, not as expensive as you think, but we have a lot of dudes who eat a lot. The dude that looks like me, he's probably the most I've ever seen in my entire life. But, uh, we were buying food at Costco and Del Minetti was assigned to, uh, pack the car and to put the food in the back. So he was in the back seat and we were in the, we were in the, it was a minivan. He was in the, all the way back seat, like the last row throwing, he was trying to put the food from the back row to the trunk. And we were throwing bagels at him, like just throwing like everything at him. Um, and he was, he was losing it cause he had played bad that day. So he is like, this is what happens when you play bad. Uh, <laughs> I have a video of it, um, but it's it was it was pretty amazing. But uh, we had a camera guy with us, Jack Padua, and he was losing it.
0: <laughs> so it was That's so good. All right, uh, Dream Foursome.
2: Is it me? Yep.
0: Yeah. Uh, all right.
2: Uh, Webb Simpson, Dave Owen, and Maxwell. God, I say there's, we, there's 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 no better day than that.
0: Hey we can make that dream come true.
2: <laughs> it probably will.
0: <laughs> no I doubt. think
2: like um I'm thinking like Webb Simpson, uh Vody and my girlfriend Sarah Tate.
0: Nice. I I li- I might uh, wow.
2: I might throw Jesus in there too as a as a caddy, maybe.
0: Hey, he's <laughs> already gonna be there, baby. <laughs> yeah, true. All right, and then the last question to follow up on that one is where are you taking that foursome? Any golf course in the world? Where are you going?
2: Uh, It's hard not to say Augusta National. I don't know. I mean, yeah, probably there. Okay. I'm I'm going Eagle Point. It's my favorite course in the world. Wow.
0: Nice. I love it. All righty. Well, four bros, Corky, this was great. I just can't wait to see the fruit that comes from it. And, you know, just thinking back over all of it, thinking about you guys and just to find a way to encourage you guys is it's so it's impossible to lift the name of Jesus high and lift yourself high, that you can't do that. You have to do one or the other. And when I think about you guys, I think about Jesus. um, And I think it's just a testament to you guys surrendering your lives to him and realizing that you're a sinner in desperate need of a savior and because of that fact you guys lift jesus name really high um so thank you guys for doing that and thank you guys for sharing a little bit of your stories um and for doing it uh, you know often uh, on zoom with your bible study and at retreats and just in your day-to-day walks so thank you guys for being on uh really enjoyed it thank you i appreciate that and thanks
2: for
1: having us Thanks, David. Thanks, Maxwell. Thanks, Chase. Great job, guys. Yeah.
0: Thanks for taking the time to listen to the Golf Life Faith Podcast. Whether you're a college golfer, a coach, or you just love golf, we'd love to hear from you. If you have any questions, please email us at podcast at collegegolffellowship.com. Also, check us out on Instagram at collegegolffellowship and on Twitter at CGF Tweet. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast and be on the lookout for the next episode next month. Cheers.